Hi, everyone. My name is Stephen Clark, and I am the, um, what is my title? Senior Communications Manager, I think. I'm not quite sure, um, but something like that. Senior Manager of Communications for Brown Rudnick. Um, and part of my job here is to help lawyers uh, manage their social media presence. Um, I also work and manage the firm's social media presence, and uh, Brown Rudnick has um, uh, accounts on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, um, you know, presenting um, some tips and, you know, some best practices for social media. And my co-presenter is Sharice. Hi, everyone. I'm Sharice Kale Perry, and I am the founder and owner of Kale Perry and Associates, which is a legal search firm specializing in placing women and attorneys of color in law firms and corporations. And I utilize LinkedIn a lot, mostly uh, for my business. I'm on Twitter, mostly personal, which we can probably can get in a little bit. I don't use Twitter for business so much, except for gleaning information. And I'm um, happy to be here to help talk about how um, we can use social media uh, for our professional lives. Now, Sharice, we already have a question. Should we take that yeah. now or? I can take it. It's for the, it's like a specific career fair. Oh, okay. oh, okay. I'll type it in for him so we can get started. Okay, <laughs> I see. Okay, so we can Thanks continue. Yep. Yeah. We've answered it. Okay, so here's our um, our PowerPoint presentation, creating and managing your social media presence. We're gonna go over LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'll also discuss, however briefly, TikTok, Snapchat, uh, and in any other platform uh, that you all may be interested in. Um, for lawyers, there are three likely relationships that you're gonna have with social media. And it probably starts now as you're a, uh, as a student at law school. Number one, you're a passionate and efficient user of both platforms who enjoys the benefits of their networking possibilities on a daily basis. In other words, you're hooked, you're addicted. Um, you're, or you're a periodic user with an up-to-date LinkedIn profile and a decent number of connections, but you want to get more out of your experience. Uh, or third, finally, you have an outdated LinkedIn profile with few connections and little to no activity and you can't figure out why or how you'd invest more time in it. So what we're gonna specifically review is what is LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, why and how it's useful, and a few do's and don'ts and best practices for the road. Sharice, I don't know if you wanna take it from here. Sure, uh, so what is LinkedIn? LinkedIn is the largest social media site um, dedicated to business and professional networking. Um, it's a virtual venue to reinforce existing professional relationships and grow your network. It is the leading online tool for evaluating professional credentials. And I um, can say that is quite accurate. And if you are in a job search, guaranteed that there are both companies, law firms, corporations, and recruiters who are 
on LinkedIn uh, looking for candidates for positions every single day. It is the, the number one space. The one thing I, I would add to that, as you saw um, here to the right, top platforms by monthly active users. I know there's a perception that Facebook uh, isn't really cool anymore. However, it is still the largest platform out there with nearly 3 billion users per month. Um, Instagram obviously is the cooler platform. Uh, and now it has over 2 billion monthly active users. Uh, then you have uh, Twitter with 450 million and LinkedIn with 310 million. And even though LinkedIn has the smallest, the smallest audience of the four, clearly for professional uses, it's the best platform just because of the users on there. Mm -hmm. uh, why you should be utilizing LinkedIn. Um, Green Target, that's a PR firm that, um, or you know, PR team that my firm works with. Um, and they came out, I think every year they come out with a report on the state of digital content marketing. And in their 2019 report, they found that 31% of in-house counsel and 59% of C-suite executives use LinkedIn at least weekly. I will say that if you're gonna work at a corporate law firm like Brown Rudnick or any other corporate law firm, that's pretty much a big deal because that's your audience. That's who you're going after for business. Um, and another consultant found that LinkedIn profiles for lawyers average a view rate of 2.8 times that of a law firm's website bio. So LinkedIn uh, certainly is, is very important, very critical uh, for anyone who's trying to raise their profile uh, and present themselves um, for business uh, or for, you know, for trying to get a job as well. Mm -hmm. So why LinkedIn is effective for job search or for legal hiring? So according to ABA, 95% of recruiters use LinkedIn to search for candidates and 76% of law firms use LinkedIn. And so that includes um, for business purposes, for marketing purposes, and also legal recruiters are on LinkedIn as well. And it is the leading social media platform firm for individual lawyers. So lawyers who are just use, using it for their own personal uses or to market themselves as um, attorneys, as well as law firms. Yeah. And I would just jump in and say, you know, for a law firm like this, uh, and a few of you may know that Brown Rudnick uh, represented Johnny Depp uh, in his defamation case over summer uh, against his ex-wife, Amber Heard. And uh, we've certainly received a lot of visibility and attention as a result, um, not just on LinkedIn, but on Twitter, probably on Twitter more so than any other platform, um, as well as Instagram and Facebook. However, LinkedIn remains our primary focus just because that is the platform that our lawyers feel most comfortable um, using. And so, you know, we cater to that and we understand that. Also, I would say LinkedIn is the place where, you know, we're going to find, you know, business. We're going to find GCs on there. So regardless of how many followers we have on Twitter or other platforms, LinkedIn is our, is our primary focus. Mm -hmm. And because of that, 
everyone should have a really good, clear LinkedIn profile. And so we're gonna go through a little bit, a couple of tips to make sure um, that you have a profile that is being seen, that represents you in a way that you want it to for either your job search or if you are already a practicing attorney for, um, to, to, for, for business and, and making connections. So you want to, first thing you want to make sure you do is have an updated uh, professional headshot. If not a professional headshot, um, then something that is high resolution and looks professional and not, you know, a casual photo of you on the beach. That is the very first thing uh, that anyone sees when they go to your, pros your, your profile. And no pets, please. Keep your pets out of your headshots. Should be focused on you. Um, I had, there was one lawyer here. He had one with his sunglasses on top of his, uh, of his dome. <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, but it's like, you've got to really think about the image you're presenting, especially if you're working at a corporate law firm, um, you know, and, you know, certain clients you're trying to reach out to or fortune 500 companies. Um, do you really want them going to your LinkedIn profile and seeing you with sunglasses on top of your um, top of your head or with you with your and I'm sure your dog is cute your cat's cute but does that really do you want that to be the first impression of you yeah that's a good point make sure that you're not using the same photo you're using say on your Instagram or your this is this is really people are really in LinkedIn for for a uh, business reasons and then two, you want to make sure you write a compelling, a compelling headline. And it's, I think it's one, you definitely want to have your practice area in your headline. Absolutely. Even um, if you don't put, you know, I am um, a business immigration attorney at whatever firm, if, even if you don't include the firm, you definitely want to have your practice area, especially because then that affects searches. So if there is someone who's searching, for attorneys in a particular area, whether that is for hiring or um, to, to find an attorney to work for them, you want to make sure that that practice area is in your headline. And um, so you want it to grab someone's attention. That is the second thing that, the, that people are going to see when they go to your profile. And I think it's okay to put a little, some, some, something either funny or a little, personal um thing about yourself as long as it's not too <laughs> personal and funny but I think it's also good to put something that humanizes you in that headline so it's not all business all the time would you agree Stephen yes know your audience yeah that's what it comes down to as Sharice said earlier you know the way you treat LinkedIn is not going to be the same way you treat Twitter or Instagram or Facebook so knowing that LinkedIn is the place where business professionals uh, converge, I think you want to keep it as professional as possible. It's sort of like, mm -hmm. what type of party am I going to? You know, is it a black tie event? So, you know, dress accordingly. Um, is it a college party? Uh, you guys are in college. That's different. You can wear your hat backwards, you know, wear a t-shirt. Uh, so just know your audience, know which yeah. party you're going to. And you want to make sure that you have a detailed about summary. And it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be, you know, a whole page, but a really good idea of what kind of work you do, 
what your experience has been. It should really be detailed um, in that so that people who are coming to your profile can really get a good idea of who you are, what kind of work you do, what your experience has been outside of what the, the resume section looks like. You want to add anything? No. Okay. And then for the for the experience section, you want to make sure that's detailed as well. Link the pages to the to previous firms or schools or organizations where you were previously. Make sure everything in that section matches your resume. You want to make sure the dates match. You want to make sure the names match. Everything that is in that section should match your resume because people will check. It is not that hard to double check. And after you have your profile together, you wanna to make sure that you make connections. And I, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the power of um, making connections on LinkedIn and how to go about doing that. And also you wanna be active. So you make those connections and be active and engage with posts. And if you are posting, and I think you should post, if you are a writer and you've written articles, make sure you link those to your profile and that they're relevant to your business. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll say one thing about being active and I can just speak from a, a firm perspective. Uh, at my prior firm, because um, I've been at Brown running for about a year and before that I worked at Hughes, Hubbard and Reed. And, you know, I, I took over managing Hughes, Hubbard and Reed's uh, social media accounts in 2016. And I can tell you before that, uh, they were posting maybe like once a month when there was like something really big or huge on LinkedIn. And I remember that that account had like, I don't know, maybe a few hundred followers. It was pretty much a wasteland. So one of the first things I did, again, it wasn't like rocket science or brain surgery, but it's like, why don't we start posting every day? You know, we got a lot of stuff going on here. Um, and next thing you know, number of followers just grew exponentially, um, you know, got up to, to a couple thousand. And, you know, by the time I left, it was um, like over 8,000 followers. So, you know, if you are active, it is certainly going to bring people to your page, to your profile, and that's what you want. Yes, absolutely. That is true. And a little tip. If you're posting um, links or with articles, don't put them in the header of your of your LinkedIn post. Put them in the comments. There's something about the algorithms that when you put links in the post of your LinkedIn post, you don't get as many views as when you put the links in the comments. I think it's just, I don't know why they do that, but that's just a little tip. Okay. And I'm sure everyone has heard about all of the scams um, the fraudulent, oh, do we have a question? Oh, no. I'm sure everyone has heard about all of the scams and fraudulent posts that there are. There are a lot of them on LinkedIn and so many people have been getting taken. So we just wanted to put a little caveat, a little warning for everyone and just briefly talk about those. But really trust your gut. If it sounds too good, it probably is. If it's remote, work from home, 
500k we want to we want you now not true so just follow your gut if it's a post if they start if you go through and it looks good in the beginning and you go through and they ask for money and it it's probably fraud if there's a pressure to make a, a decision on an offer soon that's not normal especially as we know for legal positions those take a very long time and um if you have any questions about the post look at the spelling the grammar nine times out of ten there is going to be something a little off in the post that makes you think it might not be um a real post and if you still have questions do a search do a google search do a linkedin search for the names because sometimes they will use real names but you can sometimes find um, find out who those real people are just to make sure you're not being taken you want to add anything Stephen? you know i really i haven't seen them i on linkedin uh the scams that we've been receiving here at, at brown rudnick it's still by email so I don't know if that means the scammers who are coming after us are old school <laughs> and they haven't discovered social media. I, I honestly don't know, but we do, especially since the Johnny Depp trial, we have received um, a number of, of scam proposals, but it's usually by email. You know, people go into our website and it comes to us, uh, but not a whole lot, thankfully, not a whole lot on our social media pages. <laughs> That's good. But but these tips still apply, you know, like you get you get the email from, you know, the prince in Nigeria and, you know, I'm, I, I need I need representation and, you know, it's all these misspellings. Yeah. Same thing applies. Mm -hmm. So what is Twitter? Um, I'm sure most of you know, but we'll go we'll go through a few bullet points. Uh, for the uninitiated, Twitter is an online news and social networking site designed to quickly spread information and short messages called tweets. Platform has over 200 million daily active users and at least 500 million tweets sent daily. Now, tweets are limited to 280 characters or less, a restriction that keeps the content highly skimmable and is a big part of Twitter's popular brand. I don't know if all of you remember uh, when the character limit was 140. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. And when it changed, I think it was a few years ago, it was definitely before the pandemic. Um, but I remember thinking, you know what? I liked 140 because it, it was such a challenge. And listen, 280 is still a challenge. It's still hard, depending on what you want to say. Um, I would say for all of you, if you're just resharing posts, okay, you, you probably don't need uh, more than 280 characters. If you're just like, hey, glad to be a part of this initiative or congratulations to so-and-so. Um, but I can tell you for us, from a firm wide perspective, uh, when we're trying to share previews of our lawyers uh, speaking engagements or they've written an article and we want to put a quote in there, uh, you got to become really creative. And listen, the same thing would apply to all of you if you want to share your article or if you want to share uh, a preview of your speaking engagement on your personal account. Uh, you may run into this issue where it's like, okay, if you're trying to get all the details in, this character limit uh, can be difficult. However, once you do it, you look at it and you say, wow, this is pretty concise, you know, and it's like, gets right to the point. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Also, Twitter is a popular platform among celebrities and politicians who want to build and maintain a personal connection with their supporters. The most followed accounts include singers Justin Bieber and Katy Perry, 
former Presidents Barack Obama and Donald Trump before his account was permanently suspended. However, if Elon Musk, and it's a big if, since it always seems to be a new development every day, but if in fact he does complete his acquisition of Twitter, Donald Trump more than likely will be returning uh, to Twitter. Who knows? Uh, I don't know if you guys have been following the news, Kanye West uh, just had his Instagram account restricted. He was making some uh, anti-Semitic remarks. And then he went back to his Twitter platform, which he had not uh, been active on in, for a couple of years um, and continued uh, his anti-Semitic rants and his account was suspended. So uh, it's just good to know um, that they're still on top of it. You know, you don't want a whole lot of hate speech um, being spread on these accounts. Um, embracing Twitter, um, now, you know, for a corporate law firm, Twitter can be a hard sell. And I don't know why, but, you know, getting a lawyer to update their LinkedIn profile is a lot easier, but getting them on Twitter for most of them, it's like, no, <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. And I guess on some level, it's understandable, just given the fact that, again, we're just talking about Kanye West and his anti-Semitic rants. Like, you know, you're not, like, he's not going to LinkedIn, you know? Kanye's not going to LinkedIn uh, and spreading conspiracy theories. Um, but it's gonna happen on Twitter. I guess it's gonna happen on Instagram. And I think for lawyers, uh, or I should say for law firms, which are known for being risk averse, and it probably spreads to the lawyers. It's like, we don't want to be involved with this. However, there is value to being on Twitter. Now, according to a 2021 ABA survey, uh, LinkedIn was by far the most popular platform among lawyers, which Sharice touched on earlier. Uh, according to this survey, 90% of respondents used it. Twitter by comparison was used less often, only 17% were active. And that's certainly that's certainly consistent with what I've seen here at Brown Rudnick and at my prior firm. Um, you know, it's understandable if LinkedIn's for business professionals, Twitter can feel like visiting the Star Wars bar. Uh, I know some of you are very young. I hope you've seen the original Star Wars. Sharice, uh, <laughs> we're dating ourselves right now. Right. <laughs> um, but that's a very iconic scene. Uh, when Luke goes to the uh, Star Wars bar. But here are the reasons to, to use Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Steven. Yeah, if you go to the next slide, we can talk about the reasons why you should use Twitter. To receive breaking legal news, including court rulings or other developments in your practice area, uh, Twitter's 280 character limit offers a quick and easy way to share useful content with followers and build your reputation as a thought leader, which is gonna be very important for all of you as you are, you know, progressing in your careers, whether that's as a solo practitioner, whether, you know, well, I don't know about working for the government, I, I'm probably not going to want to be out there. However, if you're on your own non-government working for a law firm, you certainly may be interested um, in establish, establishing yourself as a thought leader and Twitter can be very helpful in that regard. It's also the place where a lot of reporters hang out and these reporters search Twitter for expert voices to provide comments. So if you share insightful tweets on high profile cases, there's a good chance you'll get noticed and possibly quoted. Is there anything, anything you would add to that, Sharice? I agree. I, I follow certain, so I don't have a business presence on Twitter, but I am on there all the time. I think I'm probably 
I, I'm probably addicted, addicted to Twitter like some people are to TikTok. <laughs> and I, and a lot of it is because I do follow um, a lot of the political commentary. And there are some lawyers who have a huge presence on Twitter and they use it to sort of explain some of the big cases that are happening, especially like Supreme Court cases or the, the cases in the news around voting rights and, um, you know, Trump's issues like Neil Katyal and um, Adam Klasfeld. I, you know, some of them, they really spent, they have a really big presence. Some of the lawyers have a really big presence in Twitter talking about current uh, legal issues and explaining court case. So those are, are really, I think, really a good place. There is a place for um, legal news on Twitter, which is, I think, uh, good to be aware of, but I don't use it for, for business. You're right, and reporters. What is Facebook? I guess I'm taking this one, Sharice. You're you're yeah. you're one of the cool kids. You don't use Facebook, right? Not anymore. I still have it there, but I have not been on in so long. Yes, so, I don't. <laughs> and listen, I I am on these platforms because my firm is on these platforms. <laughs> uh, personally, I'm not a big social media user, but yes, I'm on there every single day uh, because we have a lot of content to share at Brown Rudnick. Uh, but Facebook, it's a social networking site pop popular for connecting with family, friends, and colleagues online. Uh, as we as we mentioned earlier, it is the world's largest social network with more than one billion users worldwide. That is amazing. Uh, this platform allows users to send messages and post status updates to keep in touch with friends, family, and colleagues. Users also share news, information, photos, videos, and other content. Of course, you sure, I'm sure all of you know this, it was founded in 2004 by Harvard dropout Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Facebook has revolutionized and expanded the way humans interact. Among its most popular innovations are personal messaging, the news feed, the like button, and the timeline, which restructure user profiles to highlight photos, posts, and life events. But I think it, it is important just to reflect for a moment that um, you know Facebook popularized so many things that we take for granted on social media. Uh, and again, I'm gonna date myself here. I don't know if any of you remember MySpace. Charisse? Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, listen, I, at that time, and I'll be I okay. I like, still had it. I'm still mad that there is no MySpace. Yeah, same here. Like when that went away and, and Facebook took over, like I just took a break. I took a break and, and you know, it was my professional affiliations uh, that really pulled me back into the world of social media. But I'm like, Jesus, if, if this is what's going to happen, you know, why get on Facebook if it's going to go away? But Facebook definitely has a lot of staying power. Um, and of course, they're, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is creating the metaverse. And if you believe him, we're all going to be in the metaverse someday, living there uh, around the clock. Mm -hmm. uh, but in any event, that is what Facebook is. Well, Cerise, you know Instagram, so I'll let you take this one. So I also use Instagram, but personally, I do not use Instagram for business. But I can see um, how, how valuable this platform is. Instagram tends to be more visual um, than, more, uh, than more about 
conversation, it tends to be more visible. So I think that's how it started with, you know, people posting. That's why it seems so much friendlier than the others, because it started out with people posting happy, lovely, beautiful photos. And it still sort of maintained that, but we have sort of moved into a commercial uh, space in Instagram as well. Um, so, which it is also now owned by Meta or Facebook, uh, which is when that commercial sort of buying aspect came into Instagram. But um, you do also have the option of maintaining a personal Instagram. And if you want to have your uh, a professional Instagram, you can as well. It is um, similar to the other platforms. It has the news feed and you can interact via likes and comments and um, messages and DMs. Uh, it has hundreds of millions of daily active users. Um, it has a 23% better engagement rate uh, than Instagram, than uh, Facebook, which makes total sense to me. Um, uh, founded in 2010, Instagram was acquired by Facebook, of course, and its most popular feature are um, the reels and stories, which are good in one aspect since they, not, they don't stay there, but um, people are really... I think the popularity of the reels on Instagram really ticked up because of the popularity of TikTok. Like the, that aspect of Instagram, because it's still continuous, the reels, you can still do the same thing, um, nonstop different reels on Instagram, if that is uh, something that appeals to you. But I do, I, it did, for me, it, I use it more for personal than for business. Visibility, good or bad? So do I need to be, be visible? Does visibility lead to work? And of course, um, I hope this is not too too of an outdated reference. Um, Ron Burgundy, hell yes. You do need visibility. <laughs> yes, you do. Why it's useful, visibility, visibility, and the multiplier effect. Um, some of you may recognize uh, the person on the left, that's Camille Vasquez. She's a partner here at Brown Rudnick. Uh, she cross-examined Amber Heard and became an overnight sensation, a celebrity. Um, and it's been truly incredible uh, for me just to see a lawyer uh, become a celebrity like this. Uh, again, you know, I've been in legal marketing for over 10 years. And usually I have to convince people to care about <laughs> uh, what the lawyers are working on and what they're doing. Um, and Camille, we did this announcement shortly after the verdict, she was promoted to partner and there was just this overwhelming cry. Uh, there was stories in the, in the media saying, why is this person becoming a star? Why is she just an associate? Um, so it was a lot of pressure on me because I do handle PR here at the, at the firm and fielding a lot of requests. Uh, but I was happy to make this announcement. Um, and as you can see here, it was our biggest announcement ever in history. I mean, we're talking over 10 million views on Twitter. Uh, as you see here, over 134,000 likes, uh, over 15,000 retweets. I mean, those numbers are just insane. 
off the charts. I have personally never seen anything like that for a law firm. Uh, Sharice, I don't know if you've ever seen anything like that. Nope, can't say that I have. <laughs> so um, truly incredible. Uh, but beyond that, what you see to the right is probably something a little bit more normal. Uh, Jeff is also a partner at Brown Rudnick, 25 comments. This is on LinkedIn, three shares. Uh, in any event, even if it's not on the same level as Camille, it is still very helpful uh, to your practice uh, or to whatever it is you're going to do as a lawyer uh, to be on there, to engage and to build and, and elaborate on that network and to share it so they can build and, and share it. And it just more and more people uh, will like and engage with it. Engaging with content. So like liberally, comment when you have something interesting to say and share when you feel inspired. That's what I tell lawyers. Um, Sharice, I don't know if you say anything different or if you have a different philosophy. Nope, that is the truth. That will get more eyes on your profile, more eyes on your page. The more you like, the more you comment, it um, increases the chances that uh, you'll some of will see your your profile. And when you feel confident, create your own post, write a concise message with a link to more content, post a photo or video to draw on a user, uh, use interesting topical content. And as we said throughout, remember your audience. Your audience mm -hmm. on LinkedIn will more than likely be different than the audience on Twitter uh, or Instagram or Facebook. And definitely tag others if they are involved, co-authors, panelists, or team members, because that's gonna help increase engagement. Uh, this is this last bullet point is probably more specific for people who work at a law firm, but I tell them if you work at a law firm uh, and they have their own profile or their own account, share and like that news on a regular basis uh, because that'll help you stay active because it's hard to have something to share yourself every single day. Uh, but if you're just doing that with your firm, it's probably going to be approved and safe. Uh, you don't have to worry about any sort of controversy um, and it'll help build your network. We got a few don'ts here. Um, Sharice, you may disagree with some of these, but um, <laughs> if you're working for a corporate law firm, it's not just a corporate law firm, but at Brown Rudnick and at the prior at my prior law firm, this was one of the ethical rules. Don't call yourself an expert or specialist. Now, listen, I have seen other law firms using this word. So clearly not every law firm um, is following these rules. Uh, so, you know, just just keep that in mind. Um, also, do not use words in your LinkedIn profile that you would not use in other marketing materials. Uh, don't like a post that is politically divisive. Uh, LinkedIn is not a place for political discourse and liking a post uh, shows in your connection news feeds. Sharice, I don't know if you have, have a difference of opinion there. I have a little bit of a difference of opinion, but um, I also, I, I think that each person should, and, and when people say politically divisive, it is so different depending on who you're talking to, what people consider political. Uh, so that's the other thing. But I, I do, the caveat is important, especially if you're already in a firm and you don't wanna you know, make comments about current politicians that, that political. But when it comes to things like 
diversity, equity, inclusion, and racism, and things like that. I don't consider those politically divisive, and I think that is important to continue that conversation, especially in aspects of um, on a on a platform like link like LinkedIn, because we experience all those things in the workplace as well. I mean, the example I would use is Jamel uh, Jamel Hill. I'm not sure if, if you all are familiar with her. She's not a lawyer. Uh, she is a reporter. She used to work for uh, used to work for ESPN, uh, and she got into some trouble um, during the Trump's uh, during the, the Trump presidency. Uh, she went on Twitter and and called him a white supremacist, and it just caused this huge backlash for ESPN. And whether you agree with that or not, uh, it certainly put ESPN in a very awkward position. And I believe, if, if I recall correctly, they may have suspended her or something. Uh, in any event, she, they eventually parted ways. And it was definitely a direct result of, uh, of her controversial comments. And she her, herself has said she wanted to go to a place where she didn't feel as restricted. All that is to say, again, if you're working for a corporate law firm, um, just be careful. Um, because you don't want to jump out in front of that firm or, or put your employer in a position where they're forced to comment on a situation or issue that they may not be ready to comment or may not have any interest uh, in commenting. I do know that in recent years, law firms, uh, the corporate law firms have become more vocal when it comes to social justice issues, in particular, when uh, George Floyd was murdered by police, there was certainly an outpouring uh, from law firms condemning that. Um, but, you know, I would say that's, you know, in that sort of situation, it was kind of easy, right? Like everyone could see like, hey, that's awful. Uh, but there's going to be other situations where it's going to be really polarizing and you're going to have people on one side and people on the other side. Uh, and, you know, if you feel a certain way about it, I think if you have a personal account, feel free. But if you're closely associated with the corporate law firm, just be careful. The final bullet point here is don't share opinionated commentary or talk about clients, opposing parties, cases or matters that might directly impact clients without approval from lead lawyer marketing team. Again, that's more for if you plan on working at a corporate law firm. Don't use words that could form an attorney-client relationship or be viewed as providing legal advice. Don't be misleading in any way. And don't use social media as a solicitation for legal business. I think that's all pretty much common sense. <clears throat> and I think that's, that's it for our presentation mm -hmm. or for the slide. Are we taking questions or? Yes, if anyone has any further questions that, that they would like to ask the speakers, please do so. Again, we have the Q&A open and we do have the uh, chat open as well. So we'll just wait a couple of minutes and see if any questions come in. Yeah, as we're waiting, my God, I can tell you, it's, there's a lot going on. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to pitch my firm or anything, but there's a lot happening at Brown Rundick. So. If you do get a chance to go to our uh, social media pages, please do so. And if you like it, like it, just go ahead. Um, what, what did we share? That's uh, probably nothing that, that's too exciting, but uh, our lawyers were quoted in uh, Reuters. So uh, that was today. 
definitely feel free to check it out if you're interested. This has reminded me that I need to do more posting. <laughs> I need to do more posting myself. I take advantage of LinkedIn um, as, you know, looking at other people's posts, commenting, but I need to do more posting myself as, as we're talking, maybe you think about that. I hope this was valuable. It definitely was. I'm not a big LinkedIn user. So, oh, there are this question. Are students able to reach out directly for specific? Absolutely. I am on LinkedIn, Cherise Kale Perry. So you can absolutely reach out to me. Uh, my email address is there and um, you can message me there as well. Yeah, same here. I'm on LinkedIn. I, I'll put it in the chat, actually. That's a good idea, actually. Let me find my- I'll um, put my email. That's my email. And I'm definitely on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter too, but um, it's my personal Twitter and I'm fiery. <laughs> Great, I think if we don't have, oh, that's good. There's another one. Um, is, this, is this question for LinkedIn? A paragraph after your photo. So are we, the headline, do you mean the headline? So after your photo, there is the headline, which is, um, so if you're on LinkedIn and like you scroll over someone's photo, a little box pops up and that box contains just like a, a couple of characters that describe the person, that's your headline. And that is where you really wanna put as much, not too much, much information about yourself, your practice area. You don't have to put your law firm or organization if you don't want to, because that'll be in the, that'll be in your experience section, but you wanna put a little bit of something about yourself. Definitely your practice area, maybe um, something that is important to you that you do, um, whether it's board member or whatever, those are the things you want to put in there. A little sort of personal antidote is okay too, as long as it's not too personal. A little funny, engaging, that's what you want to think about for that. You want people to, to click through to your, to your profile. Would that be a great place to write down like your elevator pitch? Like if you have one like already written out? I would include that in the about section. Uh, okay. Right, Stephen, would you say? Absolutely. Perfect place to do it, yep. Mm -hmm.
Um, if we don't have any other further questions, I would like to thank both of our panelists so much for taking the time to speak on this. I definitely know a lot because I my LinkedIn page is not where it should be. So I am definitely gonna update that today. Um, but again, thank you both so much. And thank you to all of our attendees. Again, this is recorded. So it will be uploaded on our Learn Online page. And I believe we're gonna email it to everyone as well. So thank great. you again so much. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having thank us. You. Thank, thank you, you so all. Much. Bye everyone. Thank bye you. Bye.